Well, welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. My name is Pete Wilson, and I'm joined by my wife and co-host, Ms. Jordan Wilson. What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. We finally made it to episode two. Woohoo! Guys, we're doing big things. I know. Episode Episode two. two. Uh, we what a string of success we've had. <laughs> it's so huge. Uh, yeah. yeah, episode two. It's called "Remember That There's Humanity." I'm super yeah. excited about that. I, I can't, like. We'll get into the topic in just a second, but I can't think of a time in our culture where this is more needed than right now. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So we'll get into that. I've got a couple little secrets, I think, on how we can get along with people that we completely disagree with, which yep. I think is important. Yeah. Uh, and we forgot to tell you last week, but we need you to rate and subscribe, right? Yes, please. That's rate, important. subscribe, uh, wherever We're, you listen. Yep. And then if you're watching on YouTube, then subscribe to our channel, please. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Well, Perfect. Uh, how's your week been? It's been good. It's, we're finally changing seasons here in yeah. Nashville, which I really am grateful for. We have a fall, which we'd never have a fall. It, I feel like we go from summer and then it's winter. I'm also a big baby with cold. And you so. know why I'm excited about the changing of seasons? Why? Because I'm growing a beard. Oh my gosh. Which you can only see this beautiful, beautiful beard. beard. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, the podcast, obviously, if not, you just have to trust me. Or don't. Or you can trust me and understand <laughs> that it may or may not live up to the glory that he is Yeah, uh, I ordered a beard comb <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, that I just Actually, got. I saw that come through. I thought it was a dog comb. No, it's a beard comb. Okay. I, now, I'll be honest. It's an aspirational purchase. I don't actually need a beard comb no, you yet. Don't, no, and I well, let's pray to God that you <laughs> never actually need a beard comb. You don't I, like beards? I'm not, I'm not anti-beards. I think there are some people that look really cool with beards. And there's a chance you might look really cool with beards. I'm just, I'm, I'm so not used to it and, that it just and feels. And that's why I want to try. I've never grown a beard. And I'm like, who knows what it might look like? Let's try it. Let's give it a shot. Maybe. Sure. So we'll see. We'll report back Stay to you Stay tuned that. for the status of Pete Wilson's beard. I didn't mean to interrupt you. We're talking about your week. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Thanks. You were sad um, this morning. I know. So I have... I, I had a really bad dream this morning. Um, I've had this string of dreams, and I don't know why. I Usually, like, I can have vivid dreams, but I don't always remember them. I remember them in the middle of the night, and then I wake up, and I, like, have mm-hmm. no clue. The past week, I have had the most vivid dreams. This morning, I woke up, and our dog, Marshall, who you probably hear walking around on this podcast because he's a 100-pound Great Pyrenees, um, he died in my dream. Oh. Yeah. I know, well, you're not sad enough. It no, was, because it wasn't my dream. I didn't experience I that. I see the I dog is alive and well sitting right there. But I woke up and I just had this like subconscious heaviness and I was so just kind of down. I'm like, why am I down? I have a weekend ahead. Like, why am I sad? And it turns out um, our dog died in my dream. But until I saw him, I did not snap out of it. I was mm. just like, I know. I found you on a couch this morning. Very sad. I know. And and there are some dreams that like you are the culprit and I know. you do mean things. I, this has happened multiple times where we wake up in the morning and I tend to be pretty chatty once we wake up anyway. And I'm like, hey, what, let's, what are we going to do today? Blah, blah, blah. And she's just like staring off into space and kind of looks at me with this like just this grimace of a look. You deserved it. Because Let me tell you. Because... She had a dream where I had done something. I treated her mean or whatever. Yeah. And and, and here we are the next apology. day. I don't know you, Paul. I did nothing. 
<laughs> That's not my But you opinion. do this a lot. I know. I, I don't know what it is, and I hate it. it. And once I like remember why I feel that way, I snap out of it. I need to hear some from some people that are listening <laughs> to this podcast and know if this is normal or if you need oh to go see somebody or Maybe. what. This actually sets me up really well, this idea of remembering their humanity. I shouldn't be too judgmental uh, towards mm-hmm. you um, because that's what we're kind of talking about a little bit today. And I, I think this is important because we live in this culture right now where everything seems so polarized, doesn't it? Oh, big time. It's nuts between election stuff and COVID stuff. You know, I, I think topics like religion and um, social distress and all those type of things have, have always, you know, created polarized views. But I feel like right now it's more polarized than it's ever been. Yeah. Yeah, it and is. I think one of the things that, that has changed very quickly in our society and our culture is just really how deeply we tend to hate each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think it's really sad. And again, I know that election years and pandemics can bring out these type of things, but um, I, I've never before seen such a us versus them mentality. Mm-hmm. And it's been driving me kind of crazy. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. And there's a verse that I have not been able to shake out of out of scripture it's just this one little single simple verse if you kind of grew up in the tradition of christianity you'll be familiar with at least this scene because this is the scene where uh jesus is being crucified and mm-hmm. he literally speaks these words from the cross this is luke 23 verse 34 it just says jesus said father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing and I have, honestly, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about that verse before because it just seems surface level, very simple. He's forgiving them for what they've done. Right. Uh, here's Jesus hanging on the cross. He's surrounded by a mob that has been wanting him to be crucified. They have beat him up. They've spit on him. They've now put nails to his hands and his feet, and he's hanging on the cross. And, and I've always thought it's remarkable that from that cross, in that moment, he could look out over those people and literally say, Father, forgive them. Right. But it's only been recently that I've discovered that I think there's a lot more going on there. Uh, because, again, it is a beautiful prayer where he releases the people that are around him, which is amazing for them. But I also think, and this is what I've missed, Oh, uh, you can't miss what he's doing for himself in that moment. Mm. Because not only is he releasing them, he's also releasing his own heart and soul. I think in this moment that Jesus is um, very much aware that there's probably this temptation for him to rage. Yeah. There's a temptation for him to be bitter. There's a temptation for him to be angry, to take on this... Um, victimhood type mentality and if anybody could do that it would be him he could say i'm the victim and everybody out here is the villain i think he's very aware of that temptation and so in that moment when he releases them he's also releasing himself he releases himself in the same exact moment that he's releasing the people that are around him and i think in doing that in that one simple little prayer he's giving all of us the secret for how we can begin to forgive the people that we view in our life as an enemy. Yeah, and more than just a... It's almost like when we feel like we're forgiving someone, we're doing them a favor, yeah. right? It feels like yeah. that at least. and I, I, you know, Which is why it's so feels, hard to forgive. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Because what does it do for you if, you, if that's your mindset? 
Um, so that is a very, I don't know, I, until you explained this to me very recently, I, I had never thought about, I had only thought the cross, you know, when he says that, that was just grace. And that's true, obviously. Yep. Um, but the component of how do we handle that and what does that mean moving forward for us and resentment and bitterness and all those things, it really is such a gift and a release if we can do that. It is so hard. You know, you and I have conversations all the time and this like, take it out of COVID and, you know, an election year, all those things, take it out of that and just say normal life when, you know, we're talking about human beings and just in our lives that have either hurt us or upset us for some reason, or there's some tension that's really, I feel like almost harder than like these external factors of like a COVID or an election because the COVID election stuff, that's out of our control. Yeah. Ultimately, you know, we have very little um, control over how that plays out. But when it's relationships that are tense or, or, you know, some kind of obstacle that you have to overcome with a human being, that I feel like is when it's really hard to remember their humanity because you're like, no, they hurt me. Yeah. And yeah, I forgive them, sure, but you still hold on to this thing that ultimately just deeply impacts you. Yeah, and, and it, I think this is beautiful because he's about to give us, I believe, the secret to how you love someone you disagree with. How yeah. do you love that person that votes completely different differently than you? How do you love the person who approaches... Uh, safety protocols around COVID completely differently than you, right? How do you, you know, love someone who maybe even views people differently than you? And and the ultimate secret to loving someone that you would consider to be an enemy or to loving someone who you would deem to be very unlovable is not something that you do. Jesus is showing us that. It's not something that you do because anything you do for an enemy, any anything you do for someone that you seem seem to be unlovable to you mm-hmm. is going to feel forced. Mm-hmm. Right? It's going to feel fake. Yeah. And so the ultimate secret to loving an enemy is not something that you do. It's actually something that you let go of. Mm-hmm. And what you let go of is your classification of that person. You let go of your classification of looking or viewing them as their good or they're bad, yeah, right? Or they're the villain. Because what happens when you start to view someone as uh, in the category of they're just bad, then they've become a category. Mm-hmm. They're not a human. They're not a person, yeah. Right, they're not a person. They're a category. And so it's easy to dislike a category. It's easy to hate a category, mm-hmm. right? And so you gotta, you gotta drop the category, take them away from uh, they're a bad person, right? And begin to view him as a human. This is exactly why Jesus from the cross doesn't pray, Father, forgive them because they're idiots, or Father, forgive them because they're bad people, or Father, forgive them because they're scum of the earth. Mm -hmm. He says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. In other words, Mm -hmm. Father, forgive them because they are unaware. What he does very intentionally in that moment is he takes them out of the category of villain, out of the category of bad, and he puts them in this place Mm -hmm. of they're unaware. Yeah. And when you do that, what happens is it begins to create empathy, right? Um, I can think of someone in my life right now who has, and, and from my viewpoint, they've, they've caused a lot of harm in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, you know, it's it, at times very difficult to be around that person. And what I have to continually do is say about that individual, oh, you know what, um, the hurt that they've caused in my life, the hurtful things that they've they've said to me in the past, like mm-hmm. 
I don't think that they've done those things because they're a bad person. They've done it because they're unaware, right? They're, they, they, they don't know what they're doing. And when I start to look at that person as, okay, why have they treated me the way they've treated me? Oh, it's because they're lonely. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's because, um, you know, they're scared. Mm-hmm. And, and I start viewing them not as a bad person, not as scum of the earth, but I start to view them as someone who is hurt, someone who's lonely, someone that's scared. It doesn't excuse Absolutely, the things, yeah. right? Uh, the, we're not talking about endorsing mm-hmm. the things that these people do or the endorsing the things that they've said to you. What we're talking about is beginning to understand why yeah. they're human. They're unaware. Yeah. You've talked to like, you know, we have conversations all the time about, you know, certain individuals and maybe there's pain caused in the past or whatever. And you have so much helped me kind of level myself in those moments. And when you can think of them that way and think of them, oh, that person responded that way because they're, you know, fearful or because of something that happened in their childhood that they're not even aware of, of how their parents treated them or how, you know, there's just so, so much underneath the surface of why people treat people the way that they do. I mean, I'm guilty of it. When I was going through my worst season, I, I thought that I was treating everybody with like immense grace and forgiveness because that's what I wanted to receive back. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately I wasn't, I was holding them captive to my expectations and needed their affirmation for my identity. And I I just feel like you and I now are practicing this where when we do interact with someone who maybe doesn't treat us well or completely ignores us or whatever it is, to have that filter of they're lonely, they're scared or, you know, and and lonely and scared sounds very dramatic. I want to kind of clarify this. Like scared doesn't mean they're scared of us. Scared means... If they were to treat us a certain way, they fear they have to release other things inside mm. of them. Um, and so that's so good. I think that's really the the foundational piece is like it's it's in them. Yeah. If there's something on them that they would have to uncover or release for themselves that they haven't forgiven themselves for. Yeah. So there's just a lot there, but I, I really have loved that practice of just remembering again, remembering their humanity, and that is what causes empathy. Yeah, it's so good. Now, I, what I have to constantly remind myself of is, again, I go back to that person that uh, I see mistreating me or mistreating somebody else or somebody I completely disagree with, and I think, you know, my first thought is they are complete idiots, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, okay, I'm going to drop the category. They're not I'm, not, I'm taking them out of the category of they're bad, and I'm putting them in the category of they're unaware, and now I'm trying to understand what is it that makes them think that way? What is it that makes them treat other people that way? Mm-hmm. And again, in that moment, I'm not endorsing it. I'm just seeking to understand it. Yep. And the more that I do seek to understand, the more I begin to see empathy, right, kind of taking over my, my emotions mm-hmm. versus anger yeah. and hatred. And again, I don't get this perfect. I know you don't get this perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the more I practice dropping those categories, the more I begin to see that Jesus was doing so much on that cross. Because uh, in that process of releasing the people around you, you're also releasing yourself mm-hmm. and not finding yourself trapped by things like anger and yeah. victimhood 
And so, I, I don't know, it's just important practice for me. And so I just go back to, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Father, forgive them. They, they're unaware of how their birth order is impacting the way that they're acting. They're unaware of their cultural prejudices. They're unaware, they're unaware of their own fear. They're, they're unaware of how their shame mm-hmm. is driving so much of the way they're acting in this moment. It, it's forgive them because they're not probably acting out of malice. Mm-hmm. They're acting out of ignorance. Yeah, and ultimately your response to them if it's not out of love, is not going to move them towards awareness. That's right. You know, the unawareness is only going to be exaggerated by hate and judgment and all of that. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm such a proponent of love changes everything, and that sounds so cliche, but it really, in those moments, if you can love someone and not treat them the way they expect to be treated because yeah. of their unawareness, then, I don't know, that's just how things change to me. Yeah, I say this all the time, but I think love is the best use of your life. Mm-hmm. It's good. I really believe that. So, uh, again, I know we're in a sing, in a, in a sing. We're in a season uh, where anger and cynicism and withdrawal all seem like a very practical reaction to some of the people around us. Yeah. But I also believe that love and hope and peace are still very much possible. And it, I know it takes a lot more courage to love an enemy than it does to an attack an enemy. It takes a lot more time to build a relationship with an enemy than it does to throw an insult at an enemy. It takes a lot more courage to sit down and listen to an enemy than it does to just simply write them off. But I think it pays off every single time mm-hmm. because in the process, you're not just releasing them, you're releasing yourself. It's so good. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, speaking of people, um, I'm really excited about this week's four questions. Yeah. So we try and, um, ask these four questions to people in our lives. Um, all kinds of people, some people we will not never have known. Um, some of them are friends and this week is our friend, Rob Jackson. I love Rob Jackson. He is fantastic. Speaking of beards, (laughs) that dude has a beard. He's so cool. Yeah. He's got the best beard. Um, and he's like, I think that's kind of his, what he's known for, like people, are like, oh, you've got the, he's got the beard. Yeah, that's what I'm going to be known for one day. Sure, in your dreams, uh, Rob, he's not coming after you. I think um, part of what makes Rob's beard so cool is he always has a guitar. Most of the time, <laughs> he has a guitar. He sings, you know. And yeah, stuff, he's a musician. So. Um, we've seen several of his shows. He's amazing. He's awesome. Um, he's and he's, he just brings so much life to a room. Yeah. Um, he's one of those people that I don't know. He just he's a very magnetic personality. He makes you feel seen. Um, and I think that is, a such an incredible quality in a human being, but he's awesome. So, um, without further ado, let's jump into the four questions with Rob Jackson. Okay. Um, uh, what is your favorite hobby? My favorite hobby would be playing guitar. Music is definitely a creative outlet for me. Yeah. Yeah. So good. What's your first and last name? Rob Jackson. Check them out on the IG. Okay. Uh, all right. Number two. When have you seen something good come from a bad situation? Ooh. Ooh. Something good come from a bad situation. Um, I mean, it's probably pretty easy. So both my parents uh, were divorced, uh, had uh, a child each of their own, then met, had this angelic child. Um, and I mean, truly, they were married for uh 20 30 years before my dad passed away so like i got to see what true love was about partnership great role models 
Um, and obviously, in my eyes, they were married the whole time. They were, you know, it was true love. But they went through some some stuff to, to get to that point. So, good. Okay. Um, number three. What do you want to be known for? Ooh, what do I want to be known for? Um, someone who makes people smile. Yeah, someone who uh, is a positive uh, light in their life and just a happy person that brings positivity, doesn't bring people down. Just, I want to make people smile. Yeah. You do. Okay, last <laughs> one. Last one. What gives you hope? What gives me hope? A lot of things. A lot of things give me hope. I would say probably more than anything, um, it's just knowing that progress is good. And sometimes people um, look back on the, the good old days and harken back and they romanticize that. But then when you look at how much we've come either as a society, as people, I'm way better today than I was a week ago, I feel like, because I try to strive to do that. And I think um, even as we're surrounded by a lot of negativity, mainstream media, a lot of that. Um, I still look around at my circle of friends and people and know that there's a lot of good still out there. So just progress. Man, uh, what is there not to love about that I guy? know. He's so good. He has such a great story. And, you know, he says he wants to be remembered for making people smile. And um, that is so, so true of him. That is not an aspirational goal. Yeah. That is Rob Jackson. It's true. He, and that's just kind of the way that he lives his life. And uh, I love this come learning some things about some of the people in our life yeah. that I, I didn't know. And I thought it was really interesting. His, he talking about how his mom and dad had both been divorced. Mm -hmm. They came together and met. And he was a product of yeah. that marriage and how he got the benefits of, of seeing their marriage. You know, and I, I think about that too because, you know, my parents went through a divorce mm -hmm. when I was a kid. And I would never wish um, that pain on my mom or my dad because I know that had to be a very painful season for both of them. I'd never wish the pain on myself and my sister that, you know, we endured in that season as well. But I could, all, I could spend the rest of this podcast and the next podcast and the next talking about some of the amazing things, good things that came out of yeah. that bad situation. Mm -hmm. For one thing, I have two amazing step, I have a stepdad and I have a stepmom who have both played an important role in my life and yeah. continue to this day to play an important role in my life. And I think about some of the lunches I had with my stepdad, Tom, over the past four years when a lot of things in my life were falling apart mm -hmm. and his words and his wisdom were so impactful on me. So anyway, that's, I didn't mean to go down that trail, but that story <laughs> yeah, no, sparked that true. for me. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I love, I love Rob and uh, it's some great stuff there. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, this has been awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, this is such a good reminder for me. If no one listens to this podcast, at least it's a, it's a reminder for us to, to keep growing. Yeah. Two episodes down. I love it. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, leave you guys with this. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. <laughs>